Hey, 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 it's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa, and join me in the sociology staff room. Hello, um, good afternoon. My name is Katie Tyler, and I'm doing the sociology staff room today, and I'm a bit excited. Well, I'm not more than a bit excited, I'm very excited. We've got Dr. Duncan Hall with us, and hello. for once, he, hello, Duncan, for once you're not behind the, uh, the purple. Um, screen and um, doing all this sort of sound for us you're here and I'm sort of lucky enough to talk to you obviously I get to talk to you more regularly than this but for to pick your brains about a couple of things now yeah. Duncan I'll make you blush here you are the sort of guru of tutor sociology but obviously experienced <laughs> teacher examiner but also the lead subject um, in sociology and politics so the reason I've got you on today is really to pick your brain something that I've been thinking about a lot in my own teaching practice and more often than not we're seeing policies crop up as a thread it's a good synoptic thread mm. in sociology um and some of us aren't politics teachers and some of us have come in as non-specialists from completely other subjects like ra that might not have a massive background in politics so i thought do you know what we've got a crap you know we've got a, a resource within our two to two family um not only a sociology teacher but politics late i'm not asking questions so if i wanted or i want to know more about politics i said my first question is where do I start as a sociology teacher? Um, where can I get more information about politics? Where would I start because I haven't got that political literacy myself? Uh, and then I suppose the next question is, if we're in a, a school where students might not have that political literacy, how then do we direct and support them? Yeah, okay. Well, thanks very much for asking me, Katie. <laughs> and, it, um, and, and, I, and I totally agree. It's, I mean, I think I've uh, got to a um, bit full disclosure, my first degree was in politics and sociology joint honours um, equal weighting for both and I've always seen the two together and I've always thought of politics and sociology very much going hand in hand and I, I realise for a lot of um, people perhaps that isn't the natural partner with sociology maybe it's psychology maybe it's you know if you if we're sort of thinking of it's kind of sister subject or whatever it wouldn't necessarily immediately leap to politics but I do feel that sociology is inherently political and students will probably understand large sections of the course more if they understand the politics of sociology and the politics of some sociologists and sociological perspectives. So I think your question is, is really important, therefore, that if you don't have any sort of political background... You know, how do you as a teacher know the the politics of sociology and the and and the politics of sociologists? Um I thought I might start with an example that I'm sure will be annoyingly familiar to lots of the listeners, which is despite explaining what Marxism is over and over again to students, you end up reading an essay where they seem to think that Marxists love capitalism. And really, you know, and, and and that Marxists exploit the working class. <laughs> that Marxists are capitalists, essentially. Um, and, you know, we've all read those essays. Have we seen them? And sort of I definitely have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Kind of despair. Just like, wait, well, have you been listening for well, two years? Well, the worst years, is when it happens to you. Yeah, so the worst is it happens. Do you sort of like go, okay, I definitely haven't made my clips off here. But if yeah. you're 13, you're like... Oh my goodness! Where, where is? And then you realise that Marxism threads throughout the whole course. Yeah, so I know like, it's okay, everywhere, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I think part of the reason why sometimes students 
get themselves into that position. There's two reasons. One is trying to understand the idea of perspectives, and that's not a not specifically a political issue, is it? That they, you know, they don't quite understand some students, or they can't struggle to get their heads around the idea that perhaps different perspectives are looking at the same the same thing and seeing it from different perspectives. So, so rather that, rather than so they think that Marx is saying what they think society should be like, rather than this is what they think it is like and it and it shouldn't be like that. But it's also the politics of it. If they don't realise that Marxism is a left-wing socialist perspective and is critical of capitalism, then they see it all very abstract. It's just another thing. You know, functionalists think this, Marxists think this, feminists think that. They probably tend to understand feminism a bit more, perhaps because they encounter it more outside the classroom and people talking about what feminists think. They might not actually. I say they understand it more. They might have a they might have a misunderstanding of what feminism is, but they 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 appreciate that it's a sort of political position or a, or, or a you know a, a campaigning position. In a way, perhaps they don't understand about Marxism. They just might occasionally hear um, journalists or people in the Daily Mail saying that you know various politicians are Marxists or whatever. Or <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, just um, you know. So there's a there's a kind of confusion there. I think. So, I mean, how do you how do you get around it and where do you start? I think it's quite tricky. I mean, I think one thing is to encourage the students to take an interest in politics. And I think we do that in, in various ways. One is through linking with the news. And we all do that, I think, don't we? We say, oh, there's something mm. in the news today about, um, yeah, so... On our Tutu blog, for instance, we'll post up uh, news stories and, and articles um, that has caught one or other of our eyes that week. Uh, so yesterday I posted one on um, this little date very quickly because it won't be yesterday when you're listening to this, but it was yesterday when we're speaking uh, one. Um, and it was Russell Howard, the comedian, interviewing um, Greta Thunberg. Um, and it was interesting for global development and the environment and maybe green crime as well. But it's also inherently political, isn't it? And if we can tie those news stories to politics, um, that that does that 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 helps the students see it, and it helps us see it because if we're looking out for it, what have you, then then we do do that. I think the main two areas that teachers need to perhaps take a little bit of time to have a think about are um, recent governments and their policies in relation to topics that we cover. Because you can't, you know, you can't just go and do a politics A-level or whatever to a... And it wouldn't necessarily help because it's, you know, the, not a lot on education policy or whatever in a politics A-level. But, you know, you know, we we teach probably like a timeline of policies or, you know, this is what happened in 2010, this is what happened in 1988. And so if, if we feel confident that we know who was in government, what their broad philosophy was, I think that, that helps. So... Recent governments' policies, particularly family and crime and education, depending on what topics you're covering, maybe work, um, work poverty and welfare, welfare state type policies if you if you're doing that topic, and um, political ideologies. So a that helps with Marxism, but it also helps with functionalism and the new right. If you think of functionalism as essentially a conservative perspective, um, the new right as a modern take on that i mean if you end up teaching things like global development then you know you really can't escape the politics of it you know you need to know 
that dependency theorists are coming from a kind of neo-Marxist perspective that neoliberalism works hand in hand with the new right. It's the, it's 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 you know that's the Tory, a new Tory perspective, and and I think you do need that insight, um, both to understand it well enough to to teach it, but also to to convey it to the students in a way that 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 they fully understand because of course some of this is very unfamiliar to them um because the 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 alternative risk is if we if we're really immersed in this and some of us are of course some of us like live and breathe the politics of it all is that we lose the students because we start talking about the minor strike whatever and they're all like (laughs) when was that (laughs) what you're talking about whatever you know so I was, I, was, I was going to make things up just now. Like I, I've been, there's a main reason why I want to talk to you is I've been sort of doing this with my students at yeah. the moment. And I actually asked the students today, this is just, you said minor start, you'd have to go that, that far. And I was talking about <laughs> educational policy and I got them to put it on an educational time, like you, yeah. like you said, with um, against the political parties. And I said, oh, how old were you in 2010? <laughs> so I was like talking about sort of the, the white paper and they went four years old. So, you know, yeah. just to put it into context, you know, when we talk about things that happen in education, yeah. it's really important to be mindful, I suppose, of that. Like yeah. you said about minors, right? I don't think that's even something that would even be on their radar. I mean, what no. are minors? They'd probably even go, what is, a, what, is yeah. what we talk they, about people did, that did are under the age of 16? <laughs> Were there minors in the UK? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, um, but I mean, that's really fascinating, isn't it? Because we think mm. really of the Gove reforms, et cetera, as being recent, don't we? If we, if we start talking about contemporary education policy you know we'd feel or we can talk about free schools and the people premium whatever that's nice contemporary stuff and as you say they were they weren't at school they they, when when this was happening um you know they won't really remember or they'll only they'll barely remember things like the uh, you know the brexit referendum and things like that will they so in fact these will be relatively early memories for them even though they seem remarkably recent recent to us um you know, and things change so quickly, don't they? You know, a couple so, of years, yeah. couple of years ago, you know, there was you'd have probably had a few Corbynistas in your class, or whatever, or whatever, and people would be debating that kind of that kind of thing. And you know, it's it's already stuff that your current students, you know, might have been probably that interested in twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, were they? So it's long it's, enough exactly. ago. Exactly, it's it long enough to... for them. Mm. And that's what sort of comes into something you said something really important. It's forever changing. So obviously, you explain the importance of embedding uh, the political system or the political parties, political ideologies over time to really sort of cement our understanding of the sociological theories. And hopefully, that would help us avoid um, that. You know, Marxism likes capitalism, or whatever that might be, uh, along them lines. In addition to that, obviously, we've said already that the policy is such a huge thread within so many elements of our topics. Obviously, mm-hmm. education, family, um, global development, you know, poverty and wealth. There's this, you know, crime. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the policy is in response to to reducing crime. Um, and obviously, we look at sort of American ideas and how they've influenced as well on a global sense. But you've also got this idea as well of you mentioned the change element, you know, and obviously I, I'm predicting, uh, <laughs> but there potentially might be some change. There already has been in the last sort of six, seven weeks of of this academic year. How is yeah. how do you feel we should respond to that? So say if we've taught the education, I'm looking up because I'm trying to think it through my head. I'm teaching the education unit at the moment. I'm sure lots of other student teachers are doing it that way around, maybe, or maybe not. Um, but they're teaching it, you know, and something changes either the end of this year, we've already taught education, we've maybe into year 13 and something changes, you know, might be a sort of 
change in the government maybe you don't know like um uh an education minister wants to make their mark um and something is changed how do we respond to that then like what's what's our well sort of role in that yeah well let me i think there are two two aspects to that one is that occasionally things will change in such a way that something that students might write might might be inaccurate now that's not to say they'll necessarily be marked down for that because it's not a politics a level so if they talk about recent education policies for example and imply that something's still the case and actually a couple of years ago it stopped being the case they you know i imagine that wouldn't be they'd still get credit for for, for their accurate knowledge but you but from our from a sort of being integrity you know, the integrity of them learning stuff you don't want them to think things are true that are not true and you want them, you want them to know um you know if if something that they've previously thought to be the case has changed um so i think there's that if there's an inaccuracy you want to correct it so if something comes up you know um even if you're moved you know you're now teaching is sociology a science if that morning um you know i don't know uh they scrap the pupil premium or something like that they bring in uh free free school meals for all primary school children or whatever it might be i went for you know happy happy and gloomy options there <laughs> depending on depending, depending on who might uh you know what might change what change might uh happen um you know i think i think you need to you know to pass that on and say why don't you go and you know edit something in your notes or whatever on that just so we've got that that knowledge um and then there, I suppose there's stuff where it's just sort of adding, um, you know, they wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't do them any harm not to mention T levels, for instance, if they talked about some vocational education and mentioned BTEX. Talking about T levels is good, okay? It shows that you're aware that these have just come in, um, but they're not going to be penalised for for not doing it. Um, so so then it's it's a kind of professional decision isn't it really whether you want to disrupt the flow and say oh we're going to go back and do some education now because you know something new's come in um you know my my inclination would be to you know pass on any updates for the topics that they're that they're covering they're doing, yeah yeah um but i suppose sometimes you might have to think well is this sufficient something that can seem really important on the day can't it like some of the blogs that we do you know we think oh this is a really cool thing today it's happened in the news today and and it they remain relevant and people could write about it later but they probably don't seem as important three months later some things we don't realize at the time how important they're going to be and, so, and actually they're still really significant and other things seem really important on the day and then later on you know they're just they're just an, another thing another you know brief policy interlude no more or less important than ones you've already taught them and so perhaps it doesn't matter that you didn't um, update them but you can't really know that at the time so my my inclination would be to to keep um keep updating if there's if there's anything related to the topics and you can sort of have a you know kind of alert on some of the news items you know you can like the guardian has an education section and a um society section which will have the stuff for welfare and, and things like that um and a lot of the time you'll click on there and there'll be no articles there that you're particularly interested in but you've got you know if you say to students you know look at those or you can 
you know, depend there are techno technological ways you can have like pin boards and things like that, various apps that allow you to sort of pin news articles that you think they might find interesting. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily have to you don't necessarily have to take time out of the lesson to share that. You can say there's we're constantly sharing articles and I and encourage them yeah. to do so too. I was about to say you can sort of encourage you make it almost the student's responsibility mm. to take a, to take control mm. of that themselves because obviously, yeah. you know, they may be on their phones more than we are, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So they can sort of keep a, keep us informed as well with that, some of those changes. And I think it's like you said, it's that balancing act between, you know, is it going to be significant? Is it having that impact on, on their learning? But in addition to that, it's not overwhelming them. <laughs> like they've no. got, you know, a list mm. of policies. Because obviously yeah. it's not a recall activity. It's contextualising no. it, isn't it? It's not yeah. saying like these are, these are every single educational policy mm. since you know no, even 2010 no. it's it's sort of yeah. making sure they have it aware of what's going on in the time um with the students you know confidence around politics and that mm. sort of political literacy i know you talked about this through exam uh, using like the news and, and sort of making sure you sort of bring it into lessons that way um how can you also make it i mean i, I think you're gonna go well it is fun politics. i think i would say it's fun as well <laughs> i think some students will be like i don't know why when i think of political literacy i've talked uh, I suppose was, let, let me put a bit of context into this actually I was um when I first started teaching I was I was part of the narrative of we must teach political literacy and we had do you remember citizenship lessons? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were compulsory and they were like for me they were like the opposite of what I thought it could be <laughs> and how it should be um, yeah. and actually it turned a lot of students off politics mm. so Keeping it, how do we keep it fun and engaging without obviously keeping it, keeping it serious? That serious is it just the the newspaper articles, um, or is there more than that? Like I'm just thinking of those sort of students that haven't really yeah. got that political literacy, might not be coming from home, uh, or there is a political bias as well. Like how do you think? That's almost two questions there. Um, one thing is to keep it engaged, engaging, yeah. but also how do you teach it? Like obviously, yeah. you take, say you're teaching like. Feminism. Or, like, I always feel like I always use the word arguably in the lesson, or Marxist would suggest. But I'm conscious of, you know, we're all going to be in different schools of different areas that are going to be populated by students that are going to have, for some, are going to be politically indifferent, but some are going to yeah. have really strong views on either side. Mm. And obviously, that's part of the sociology course we do that. But how do you tackle yeah. that for political literacy? So, so, what do you do with those kids that find it really boring? And also, what do you do with those kids that, on the opposite end, like, are literally like, yeah. Or you could create these really difficult conversations at home that could be quite challenging. There's loads in there, Katie. So let's oh, go, no, I'll go try, try and pack it, unpack it a bit. I think the the biggest risk isn't that politics isn't interesting because it, it, it really oh, is. Oh, I think it is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, sometimes I think you'll find, because some students are really interested in it and some students mm. have sort of closed off to it, they've, they've kind of, this is, you know, it might be that parents aren't interested in it and they, or whatever, they're just or they are interested and they the parents are interested and that's boring or whatever you know whatever it might be um they're kind of closed off to it um and it's that potential clash i think which sometimes can be problematic in a group that you'll have if you bring in a bit of politics you'll have a two or three students that really want to talk about that and really want to get stuck into that and then you have you know potentially the majority it depends on your group but another group within the class who are sort of turned off by this and stop listening stop engaging Come on, come on, I can't wait till we move on to to, to the next thing. I don't want to talk about this now. Um, and you don't want to either discourage the ones who really have got really interested in it and want to want to talk about it, or you know lose the attention and interest of of those who 
who find it, you know, off-putting or a bit dull. Um, so I think I think that is a challenge. Um, and I, I'd be totally upfront. I'm not sure it's a challenge I ever totally <laughs> overcame. Yeah, I think I think I think I, I can remember those sorts of um, divisions, if you like, in the classroom. Um, I think a couple of things you can do. One is um, maybe to give students almost like their own um, brief. You know, we said about the news things before. You know, so your can you uh, you look out for things on you know uh, anything to do with vocational education? Can you look out for things to do with um, you know uh, um, tackling material deprivation, or whatever? And give them like a sort of area that they they're focused on. Like well, that's a nice idea. Yeah, that's so, nice idea. Um, almost like their cabinet briefs. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're the <laughs> minister. Bit, this yeah. is a good idea. I'm going to get them to do this. This is I'm yeah. going to get them to do this. Yeah, different roles. The minister responsible yeah. for this. Um, yeah. And then we like that. And then that sort of makes them, you know, probably to say that the the expert might be putting it a little strongly, but they've got they know some stuff about that which perhaps um, another student doesn't. Because I think the part of the problem is you'll get a politically aware student um who will f- there'll be this sort of sense that they kind of know they know it all and they're annoying and because <laughs> they you know and, and maybe there's that that sort of inequality whereas if you say well actually i know about this um, policy because i was reading about that whatever then then it kind of it levels the playing field a little bit i think um the bias one's interesting because my my personal feeling is that you get people to reflect on that you know it gets a bit very unlike me really but it gets a bit postmodern um but you know that kind of reflect reflexive type thing rather than trying to stop them because everyone has political views don't they we have we have political views that um and and i think you know what you want the students to do is to be aware that they're coming from a perspective and to be able to criticise their perspective. They don't have to change their mind, necessarily. There are some things where they, they probably do. <laughs> you know, big, 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 you know, big, totally, you know, if they've got, like, an ignorant opinion or, a, you know, prejudiced, discriminatory opinion or whatever, then they do need, you know, that needs challenging. But if it's just they, they're coming from a perspective that's different from yours or, or whatever, then that's fine, isn't it? And I think if you... And this is controversial and wouldn't necessarily be possible in every school, but my my feeling is if you can be reasonably honest about your own position but critical of it then you can encourage them to do the same to a certain extent um it's almost like a role modeling way yeah you say well that you know my view you know so let's say it's a you know you're taking a feminist perspective or whatever and say well actually i, I agree with you know i, I agree this is where thing but obviously i'm coming at this from this perspective and my experiences have led me to towards holding this view and someone else might you know just had a different experience might might take a different view and it, um and getting them to think about their own their own perspectives in that way because actually that helps with the skills as well doesn't it, it helps with evaluation mm-hmm. it helps because quite often they'll be writing something and either they think there's just a right answer and so this is what they don't say this is what marxists think and functionalists would disagree they just say this is how it how it is or they agree with one perspective in this debate so much that they don't really do more than pay lip service to the mm. to the others and they don't really 
acknowledge the evaluation or the criticism of the point that they are making. So if you can get them to think, well, actually, how would I criticise my own views on this? How do I criticise what I think about this? Um, why do I think it? You know, why have I got that view? Where's it come from? Then that does help them, I think, with the skill of evaluation more generally as well. So I think that's mm. that could be useful. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. In terms of just the general politics, I mean, you don't want to take too much time out of doing sociology. So it is more a case of trying to encourage them to to engage beyond the classroom and even beyond sociology homework. You know, this isn't sociology homework, this is life life homework. You know, but little things like trying to you take... You start talking about my dad. You start, you start, <laughs> you're not as obviously as That's why I don't like it. It's life. My dad went to the University of Life. So, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> as you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, things like trying to find half an hour in the week to have a watch of Prime Minister's Questions or something like that, you know... Um, you know, if it was a politics day level, you, we might have a an in-class discussion about it or even watch it and discuss it. You can't do that in sociology. It's taking too much time out. Um, but you could um, encourage them to do it. Another possibility, and again, I've done this with politics students. I don't think I've ever done it with sociology students, but I possibly would now if I, you know, um, would be um, get them to write blogs. Yeah, we're talking about doing, doing, doing blogs. Uh, get them to write blogs and possibly even to comment on each other's blogs. Ali, that needs a little bit of um, <laughs> a little bit of policing. You don't want it to turn yeah, into maybe. a post Elon Musk Twitter, but um, you know, <laughs> um, but you know, to say, well, you know, if something's taken your interest, and not necessarily sharing an article, because we're saying they could share articles and they could do that anyway. But actually, you know, what they think about something that's that's happened. Yeah, um, response to it. Yeah, so, you know, what do we think about Gavin Williamson today or, um, you know, should Suella Braveman resign, that kind of thing. Um, and it doesn't have to just be politics, does it? They could write it about other topics. But the interesting thing you find is that an awful lot of what they would write about in terms of contemporary sociology and how it affects them today and us today is actually quite political. And then they're sort of doing it without even necessarily realising they're doing it. You don't say, I'll oh, make sure you talk about government ministers or whatever it's just what it's just the interesting stuff but you know as the debate kind of emerges it, it is quite a political debate oh definitely and, i mean i think that's i think it's so like you said i think it's everywhere it, it's it's life definitely it is i think yeah i think some teachers are definitely scared of the politics side of sociology i've spoken to teachers who that's the bit that worries them yeah perhaps non-specialists you know um i mean i know we've talked about non-specialists on there or you have with other guests about non-specialism um but perhaps if you've come from sort of you know for me everything's political but you know from a from a subject which is less political um or whether politics is less sort of imbued into the subject it's um you know that could be a worrying part of it can't you i mean can't it I, i've never taught psychology but i i get the impression there's there's sort of less debate is this true there's less sort of um yeah i suppose there's more facts i teach psychology yeah. as well so it's, it's that's why i'm asking it, the, yeah <laughs> um i could say that it's more fact i think there's more yeah. um yeah there's less room for debate uh, and then the evaluation comes more in the terms of evaluating the the research methods uh, yeah. and i think some sort of students that take sociology and psychology think there's going to be an overlap which there are obviously some mm. overlaps um 
But actually, from an essay writing point of view, there there yeah. just isn't like it's not very different it's skills. Not the same, same skills, um, and I think I think sometimes if students like both are sort of worried about getting it wrong, and I think with sociology, mm. of course, there's a wrong and a right. Um, but there is less of a like a formula of like this is how I'm going to write my thirty marker essay. Like it depends on what you include in that a lot more. Uh, and I definitely feel like just from from teaching both that that sociology is really sort of pulling on those real synoptic links increasingly. And I think the way they're doing that is through the politics. I think the the policy seems to be the way that they're really assessing that skill. So yeah. Yeah, and also, question. yeah, but also con- concepts like um, globalization things. But again, these are these are very political concepts as we do them in sociology. But I mean, again, I think that's quite interesting because you know, if you come, you know, geography teacher did it a lot. There's huge overlaps with global development and um, and geography, but probably the area where there's the least, the less overlap is the the sort of politics, <laughs> the politics of it. And so, I think sociology's the way it's different from a lot of the other subjects and so therefore when non-specialists are coming into it how does this differ from what i've taught i think often it is the the politics of it that makes it different you know politics mm-hmm. small p i don't necessarily mean government policy although obviously that's that's a big part of it but they're kind of political differences and the and and um i mean i i saw something i don't know if it's totally true but something on twitter the other day where someone's uh kid was going around open days for university they wanted to do economics at university and they were asking they asked the main lecturer or whatever at this particular economics course i don't know where it was um you know to what extent there'd be units of things that would question capitalism or uh, come up with alternatives to capitalism and they got a sort of none, none of that here <laughs> sort of response you think like economics is inherently political and it is but the parameters of it are narrower than sociology, which is it's interesting. Mm. It's interesting. Oh, I think it's um, so interesting. Mm. So, you know, how can you discuss Marxism without discussing politics? And you can, and people do, but they struggle, I think, to properly evaluate Marxism if you don't also see it as a political ideology from socialism. Ideology. Yeah, yeah new, new right, new right, the same. You know, but. You know, you'll you'll sometimes read things and they say, "Oh, well, Marxists and the New Right would agree about this." Yeah, they'll say it just see it as a sort of evaluative point. I think, well, if they would, I'm going to read this very carefully. But if you have actually found a point of agreement, this is really interesting. You don't want to throw that away as a as as, as, as a little evaluative point. This, you know, um, that would be quite quite an extraordinary area of agreement yeah definitely and i was thinking about those nuances within sociology as well like the fact that they there are are agreements like the two sides of the same coin idea that sometimes if you understand the political ideology they they both agree that's happening yes um it's you know they both agree for example we go back to capitalism and idea they both agree that's the feature of our society but the product or the impact of that is very different obviously from between Mm -hmm. you know the different ideologies and the different sociological theories and the political theories um and I think sometimes, again, that policy element will help mm. understand that, that. They're both talking about it doesn't mean they both like it. It's, no. It's, it's that as well. Sorry, I was just going to say, I think that two sides of the coin, flipping the coin, is a really useful thing because actually the skill of learning perspectives is is a big part of what we're talking about, sociology being political, isn't it? It's, it's sociologists and this comes into whether sociology is a science and whether it's value-free and or value-laden and everything. It's in, in throughout all of this, isn't it? But essentially, sociologists think, A, they're talking about how they think the world is, but there is a huge bit about how they think the world should be as well. And 
you know, to what extent those two things align is, is a really political thing. If people see this is how society is, and I really hate that, and I want it to be different, the way I want society to be is completely different to how I want society, how I think society is, then that's quite a radical political position. Whereas if you think this is what society is like, and I think that's that's okay, that, then that's inherently quite conservative with a small, small c. So... You know, the politics of that and, well, you know, let, let's flip that on its head. I think it's really useful. I mean, just thinking families, you quite often see people saying, oh, Marxists think... Yeah, because the obvious one where we laugh about it is the, the Marxists like capitalism or Marxists are exploiting the workers or whatever. But you'll see it in more subtle ways as well, Marxists like the nuclear family. You'll quite often read that and say, what do they? Where's that? Where? where, where have you? Which Marxists like the nuclear, nuclear family? Who's Where did England say that? <laughs> yeah um and actually that's you know that's again is a is a sort of smaller scale version of the same thing of how they describe this is how society is not necessarily what they think it should be um so i think that's that's a big part and as you say that ties in with policy because are you looking at policies that are making quite radical changes or are you looking at policies that kind of maintain the status quo or are you rejecting social policy as a as a engine of change altogether because the state is the executive committee of the bourgeoisie, you know? So <laughs> no, or, or or it's just so inherently patriarchal that um, it can only make in, you know that reform is will never be good enough. And those sorts of ideas are what makes sociology really interesting. Oh, I mean, yeah, it, 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 it is for me anyway. Um, if it was just a debate between functionalists and um, social democrats, essentially, it'd be quite boring, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I think, I think, well, I think the thing is, I think the and liberal feminists, and liberal feminists, the, the, like you said, the extremes make that that debate, oh. and actually, um, it can be, and it can be really seen in. in in our in our sociology as well, can't it? it can be, we can see lots of examples of that from different perspectives. Mm. Um, I sometimes make the reference to almost like a tug of war, like it's a bit like a tug of war, and I sort of visualise, you know, it, you know, on yeah, one end, yeah. Chum and Mo on the other, and like I don't know, I don't know, all good on the other. All, yeah, <laughs> no, but yeah, 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 balls and ginters, balls and ginters, yeah, like yeah. You know, you know, it's thinking about correspondence theory presented or competition and marketization. That's yeah. what we're doing the tug of war. Um, yeah. but and there's like idea. giddens in the middle saying steady on guys, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> steady on guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then I think the point is it, it gives that sort of visual element. I feel like we could talk yeah. about this forever. I'm conscious we could. that we, <laughs> we like, I've got to edit all of this afterwards. I'm like, we're just witted away. But I think, I think what we're taking away from, what I've definitely taken away from is that politics and sociology do go hand in hand and mm -hmm. that you can't understand theory sometimes without that political no. awareness. Um, but at the same time, to be mindful that it, it isn't a politics lesson and that we sort of touch upon it and maybe give students more autonomy to look at, at it outside the lesson time rather than it always just being the responsibility of the teacher, which I think is a common theme in a lot of the podcasts we've yeah. looked at. Um, and politics is fun. I think that's yeah. sort of like the thing. While you're here, while you're here, you know I'm going to let you get away with it. Um, I understand there's some workshops going on. Can you just tell me a little bit more about and just a bit of a segue away from obviously away from politics, politics. But away from I'm sure we could weave politics into it somehow. But I'm anyhow, sure I'm sure we could. But yeah, Daniel, yeah. I want to talk to you about it quickly. Well, we do two sets of workshops in the year. Obviously, you are very aware of the great beasters because you'll be joining us on on some of those in the in the spring. Um, 
but we do two sets we do strong foundations um before christmas so that's coming up very soon um and the grade boosters in the spring and i think people who have come to some of them are more likely to have been to the grade boosters and a bit more conscious of what that is and that's you know it's very much sort of sharpening the tools before the exam you know exam technique how to make your work better and get get more marks if you like that sort of that that end of the process um whereas strong foundations is focused more on on skills we do look at skills in in both sets but it's it's you know um those sort of foundational skills and and practicing those skills um not necessarily in in an exam context um although we might look at some exam style questions um so you know really practicing application practicing analysis practicing evaluation um the last session the whole afternoon is is practicing knowledge and understanding of education just like a full-on revision blast like a a very long version of one of our um <laughs> one, of, one of our live streams I hope there's, essentially I hope there's no word smashes in there always there <laughs> got a couple got a couple of word smashes in towards the end obviously yeah um yeah and it's it's all in a cinema um if you've not been to one of these it's in a it's in a cinema the students get a, a, a workbook which um yeah some of it's to use on the day but it has lots of things really just to take away so it's like a an extra resource really from the day um in the spring the grey booster the course also comes with the online grey booster course there's, there's loads of content they get with it but the day's a really good day whether you come before christmas or after christmas i say they're totally different events so very nice to see people twice um i think sometimes you get you know perhaps uh students coming on their own to one and coming with as as part of a, a school group to the other but you know any anything's <laughs> anything's very welcome um and it, it's a it's you know it's a it's an engaging day it's good to hear from other students see what they know and what they don't know um you know, realize i think i think a lot of the time it's it and particularly from a teacher's point of view actually it's it's a reassuring thing isn't it you hear um mm. you know the speakers um saying the same thing that you've been saying and that 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 that, that gives the uh students confidence you know they think oh here, yeah that's great we're hearing you know it's not just my teacher who says that that's <laughs> we're hearing it again um and hearing you know from other centers and other students um what they what they know um so i i think it, it it's a really useful event for the students but i think it's a useful event for for teachers as well actually um yeah the feedback's always very very positive um and the students have a fun day out at the cinema um you know we, we go to a, a range of venues but it's often you know it's often with a shopping center or some nice eateries and things as well so they can have a fun day out as well as doing some sociology so it's great stuff. And that can be booked on the Tutu website. Yeah, yeah, just go on the yeah. net and it's all it's all there. And as I say, we take uh, full school you know school bookings, but um, individuals can book on as well as long as they get permission to have the day off school. Um, come and uh, come and join us if they want to. Excellent. Um, yeah, so we've got yeah as I say, the strong foundations coming up very soon. That's just a week um, whistle stop tour of the country, but we. We, we do rather more in the spring for the great booster um and uh yeah so we're so lots of looking, looking forward to that very much so 
brilliant and we've got lots of exciting stuff and obviously we've got lots of free stuff as well on the two to two website i know because obviously we've been working away at that we've got the free yeah. revision blasts as well that students can if you can can go on and obviously lots of free blogs and activities and student yeah. videos so lots of stuff even there some as well. free courses um both cpd and student courses so see we did the uh uh, which does relate to what we've been talking today i've managed to get back to it somehow uh we do of course got the free um sensitive and controversial topics um C- cpd um which looks at how you tackle discussing you know things like racism and uh um sexism and trans issues and all that kind of thing in with your class um which you know is inherently political, and um, so that's that's uh, that's very much relevant to what we what we're talking what about. We about. Yeah, what we started definitely. about. Uh, that that's there free, but also there's a, an introduction to sociology free course for students as well. So there's loads there. Um, as well as some lots to keep people busy with oh amazing uh, well thank you for your time Duncan I'm going to probably get you back in in the future as well just to talk about some other things I want to pick your brain at one being music and sociology because I know you're hugely passionate about that um, yeah. but again thank you for for talking about politics I feel like you almost need a little introduction into politics as well like a little sort of talk about that potentially but lots mm-hmm. to think about that's a good point. We could do a little mm. pol- politics for sociologists uh, yeah. course, couldn't oh, we? Oh, there we go. There we go. Thinking, thinking, thinking <laughs> right here. Thank you very so much, All right. and enjoy the rest of your afternoon. You take care, Duncan. Yeah, cheers, Katie. Bye-bye. Bye. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye. The Sociology Staff Room is brought to you by tutor to you Sociology. Find us at tutor2u.net forward slash sociology or follow us on Twitter at tutor 2 sock or Instagram at tutor 2 sock You can also join our very lively Facebook groups for sociology teachers. See you soon.